We should have like a, a catchphrase. Okay. Like, um, eat your vegetables <laughs> or. Yes. No or. Just do that. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. Eat your vegetables, right. people. Well, eat your vegetables, everyone. Just make sure they're, you know, wash You're just ruining our All catchphrase. Right. <laughs> it's hard to make a catchphrase, Kyle. There's a lot of things that go into no, it. No, you just say, eat your vegetables. Boom. Yeah. It's done. Done. How are you doing? We had a uh, remote design sprint last week. Yeah. Which was really cool. The team found a template on the internet for like design sprints to use. And we use the tool Miro mm-hmm. and the template was really cool. It had, it laid out a bunch of activities that one would do. And we just kind of went in beforehand and removed things, added things to make it match up our schedule. And it turned out, I mean, it worked out really well. The client was super happy and they're doing interviews as we speak Cool, right now. So yeah. Coming through with that My, validation or invalidation. Yeah, Totally. Totally. So I think after this is all said and done, I'm going to do like a just regroup mm-hmm. and figure out like how best to continue with remote sprints. And because we pretty much use the same schedule as we always do. But granted, you're not usually just staring at a screen the whole day. So I'm curious like how to break it up or what to change or if we mm-hmm. need to. Maybe it was just I joined for the first day. So yeah, there's like a mixture of sketching that happens. Like one of our designers has a tablet. So he was using a stylus and like sketching like right there digitally. And a lot of other people just took photos of sketches they did, you know, with pen and paper. And either way, it worked out. Yeah. So it looked great. When I've done that in the past, I forced, just like I would in person, I forced people to try and use similar tools, I guess. Yeah. So just be like, if you do not have printer paper and post-its and Sharpies, let me know because I will send you some from Amazon. Ooh. And like yellow post-its, of course. Of course. They don't make any other color (laughs) post-its. I thought you were going to have a heart attack when you saw all the post-its in Boston. (laughs) I've adapted. It makes sense to me now. Even in the online tools I'll, I'll use pale yellow it's been driven into my brain <laughs> do you hear that bird i do i think that's good oh background noise keep okay keep the birds so. in because tom editors to. ed- editors note <laughs> keep the birds in editors note yeah <laughs> just imagine me sitting outside with coffee yeah. and it's wooded area and there's birds and i'm not in the mm-hmm. suburbs Watching people do Bring landscaping. Bring some ambiance. <laughs> some ambiance yeah. to our... Yeah. It's like good ambiance and not the lawnmower kind. <laughs> or like the this weird like noise yeah. that you usually hear. It's like but some generator somewhere. I really like the uh, the smells though that come with the lawnmower noise. So I, I'll take the yeah. noise for the smell. Like the fresh yeah. cut grass smell. That's your candle. That's your scent. <laughs> Uh, I would I would pick I like a pine yeah I don't know if I'd go for that I don't know I feel like that depends it depends best consulting answer ever I say that at least like eight times a week (laughs) and now I say it so much that before I say it I'm like now you're gonna hear this a lot but it depends (laughs) we're doing that right now we're 
we're, you know, scoping new engagements and whatnot. And there's always that element of like, it depends. (laughs) And it's always difficult to have that when you're trying to help scope something because it really does just depend (laughs) on what we find when we go under the hood, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. I was doing that on Friday. I was a part of a couple sales calls and we got off of one and you know, the lead salesperson was asking me like what I thought. And I was like, well, this could be like a four week couple people project, or it could be like a six plus month, (laughs) (laughs) six people project. So it depends. (laughs) Uh, That is really, that is, that is the difficulty of selling the agile process. (laughs) Yeah it's really hard to get an idea of people's appetite of, of cutting scope on like Ooh, yeah. a 45 minute phone call. Yeah. And this person was like asking like, Oh, how long does it take to get to MVP? I'm like, well, <laughs> I have some good news or some bad news depending on how, how well you're going to work with us. Yeah. <laughs> some good news yeah. is it could be really short. Some bad news is it could be really long. Oh my god. I have some words to throw at you. <laughs> from the from the English language. Basically, it could be any amount of time you want. Yeah. You pick the time. We'll work with you to figure out what scope's going to go into that. Mhm. What what are some ways that you help suss out someone's anyone's appetite for cutting scope? Usually I, I try to lead with examples of how we've cut scope in the past especially for things like mobile, like, oh, for this app, we went with almost a standard UI. All of the controls are sort of iOS standard controls, or uh, we went with material design for an Android and we just customized some of the colors and Mm -hmm. instead focused on like interaction and core features and be like, is that okay with you? (laughs) Yeah, we do that too with like building or buying like, how custom do you want this thing? Like, can we pull something off the shelf yep. just to kind of help get this across the finish line and then prioritize building something more custom? That's always helpful, too. One of my favorite things is asking about essentially doing things that won't scale. Like, if they're willing to, like, get themselves or other people-powered, like, features. So, like, if there's mm-hmm. lots of people come to us and they're like, oh, I want this chatbot. And I'm like, well... Yeah, It turns out those things are kind of hard to get right. Could we have someone actually behind that as a version one? And like, what is, what is your appetite for that? As opposed to having a real chat bot that will take time and money and all sorts mm-hmm. of things to get right. That's a good, that's also just like a chat bot's a really good example of different iterations of a product. I mean, that's also too like kind of the bicycles, a car, you know, visual that you usually see with Agile. Yeah. But it's like, do you want to spend all this time developing this chatbot that could just operate on its own? Or do you want to just simulate the idea of that and get a feeling out there and see if people are into it first? Like, because that chatbot would take a lot of work to do something custom like that. Right. But like, how do you simulate that without having to go nuts? Yeah. The ways that I've done that are... (laughs) <laughs> having someone actually behind the chatbot. So it's not yes, not really a bot. Or like creating a forum yeah. that is more like 
sentence form instead of like yeah so as you start to like hint at the direction of what a chatbot would do to get a get a sense of of whether it's succeeding or not and that way you know whether it's worth the investment or not worth the investment to to actually do that and like i like putting on my macgyver hat sometimes it's like well how would we even get you in more lo-fi? Like, what are some, pro- what, like, what's your schedule? Like, what are some processes here? <laughs> what what can you do just manually? Yeah. Like, do we build a matchmaking app? Or would you mind just sitting with some data and pairing people and we can kind of help you make the decision? But mm-hmm. could we add in a human element just, just to get this off the ground? Human element is so important in like validating whether you're doing the right thing or not. Yeah. So finding those things that don't scale, injecting the human mm-hmm. element into things where we're, we're not totally certain that we need to build it or how to build it. Not only does it give us an idea of whether it's worthwhile to build it, but it also gives us information on like what the proper solution would be. And it all comes back to understanding who you're building it for mm-hmm. and the customer and putting their needs first. And that's also difficult to balance sometimes when you are coming at it as this is the needs of my boss and the the executive team or like my, our parent company, like these are their needs, you know? And it's like, that's also valid. Sure. Like everyone, there's a lot of different motivations that go into building a product, but I've always enjoyed being like the voice of the, of the user and just making sure like we want to make sure that they use it. So you have a product <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's usable and that people like, and that actually solves whatever problem they're looking to solve. Yeah. I really enjoy finding the overlap between user needs and business needs or mm-hmm. user outcomes and business needs. I don't know. I find a lot of joy in, in like figuring out where those two things overlap and like, how can we make your users successful and your business successful at the same time? For me, the biggest thing that helps me frame and understand what, what user needs are and what user outcomes are are job stories and doing mm-hmm. switch interviews and then doing stakeholder interviews to figure out what business needs. But a lot of insights also come out of those, those switch interviews until how like, you know, what, customers are comparing the the product to or or what we're potentially comparing it to could be higher priced or lower priced or whatever sort of those those interviews and and framing it in a jobs to be done way is what helps me find where customer needs and business needs match yeah stakeholder interviews are so important especially if there's a team that's not necessarily your core team, but like there's people who are not on your core team who are kind of floating around and we want to make sure that they have their voice heard. And I think it's important for projects to take some time out in the beginning just to make sure everyone's aligned. Yeah. We do, we wear a lot of hats. (laughs) (laughs) That is for sure. Some days it's just being a facilitator. Some days it's being a doer, actually doing the thing, being an IC other times, whether it's running a retro or helping with planning or just answering a question, like it's fun to just be able to adapt to all different mm-hmm. scenarios. So are you on a project right now currently? Yeah. Have you been doing anything different in terms of collaborating remotely? We've been using Basecamp for our project. Ooh. It's a no Slack. Oh my. How's that going? It's going really well. We have... We have a large team working on the project. I think it's close to 10 people. 
working on four different apps and then we're also doing DevOps as well. And it's across at least four time zones. One of those being London, uh, one of those being in India. And the client wow. is in a different time zone as well. So Basecamp it is, huh? Wow. Yeah. The async life is for us. It's worked out really well. Um, one of the unique things about this project is that Chad, our CEO, is working as a project manager and is doing the main interfacing with the client, which is not usually the case on most of our projects. All the designers and developers are interacting directly with the client. But this is also one of the biggest teams that we've ever had for client team. And how many on our side again? Uh, I think there's over 10 people. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we're still asynchronously chatting with them, but I think Chad has owned the synchronous conversations. Got it. For me, that's been really nice because I only have a few days a week on the project. And so having more time to dedicate towards producing work has been more important. Uh, a lot of what we've been doing is just making assumptions and doing work based off of those assumptions and uh, showing them and them providing feedback based off of those assumptions. When essentially, like whether those are correct or not. Hmm. How are you collecting feedback? Is it all through Basecamp or do you guys do like check-ins on video and whatnot? So the Basecamp project is for us, the ThoughtBot team internally. The, okay. the client team uses Microsoft Teams, which is mm -hmm. a lovely piece of software. It, I've never used it <laughs> yet. <laughs> it's basically sort of like Trello-ish plus messaging so Basecamp messaging and Trello okay, put together, but pretty poorly. Oh, that's too bad. We're going to have Microsoft Teams people listening to our podcast. I'm sorry for insulting your software. Software is hard. Software is hard. Is it just too, doing too many things at once? Is that the problem? I think so. It feels like a lot of it is they're sort of chasing other people's features instead of like making their own decisions. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's just clunky. <laughs> but you're based the user. On my so mental you're model. not wrong. <laughs> I am. I right. guess I am. I'm trying not to insult people here. Well, the good news, Kyle, is that not one, no, there's no one person who made it. How so. do you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a large assumption on my part. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is that Microsoft Teams was made by a team. Yeah. That's just my hunch. I, I imagine it to be a Slack replacement. I never had the, the pleasure of logging <laughs> into Microsoft Teams. <laughs> I never had the pleasure of creating an account yeah. except for Skype, which is a hot nightmare <laughs> of a experience. So yeah, it's sort of like Trello, but not. And then messaging platform, which is sort of like Basecamp, but not. It kind of reminds me of when you get used to Photoshop or Illustrator and like you have to do a, a project in InDesign and then you go you go for the usual tools and then they're like, why aren't these also in here? Where are they? Why can't I use RGB, like hex code? Yeah. Like, you can only do RGB here. Why? You know? Oh, God. Some weird mirror, mirror world. I like that we, so ThoughtBots, we use Slack for what Slack is great for. 
which is like those little updates, like stand-ups or whatever, things that if they scroll out of your vision and you miss, it's like not, not the end of the world, like you're not missing huge pieces of information. So we've moved to Basecamp for that. And there is, you know, some resistance at first, as usual, right? When you're, whenever you adapt a new tool or replace something. But I think people are finally coming around to it because now they know how to find things <laughs> in Basecamp. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Command J, um, that's a hot tip for y'all. Using Command J while you're in Basecamp will search everything, which has been cool, you know? Uh, really enjoy that feature. And that's my review of Basecamp. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the Command J. Just use, use Command J. <laughs> what have you been working on lately? Aside from the usual one-on-one type things, I've been partaking in sales calls, helping out with building out presentations. I'm kicking off a project this week, which is a, a coaching project that, that we're doing. So there's a startup who has an idea but they haven't done any research yet Mm -hmm. to validate if this is a need. So we wanted to do more of a coaching engagement where we help set them up to do their own research. It's just more cost-effective, I guess, you know, for them. And also, too, they want to learn it. So what we're doing is having a kickoff over two sessions this week with me and the two co-founders and do an exercise to figure out what hypotheses they want to test, what they'll be using research for, like using it as a tool to uncover what, like what are questions they have that, that, that they want answered to gather their assumptions about, you know, their the market and et cetera. So having those discussions and then going into using that to write an interview script, that would be like session two. So writing interview script, going over interview etiquette, doing a mock interview, and from there, just checking in, hopping in on some interviews with them, conducting some, maybe just listening, taking notes, helping them synthesize, teaching them how to do that. And then eventually when they're finished and after all these check-ins over the course of however many months, I'm not sure how long this is going to be, but figuring out what, what our next steps are, whether that's a design sprint or more research or different idea, like whatever. So cool. we start that this week. That sounds So I'm fun. excited about it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. So that and then figuring out how else, what other things we can be doing like that in terms of different kinds of engagements, Mm. all different shapes and sizes. Also helping out with some marketing initiatives. We have something that we're secretly working on. (laughs) So, yes. Oh, my God, Kyle. There's one other thing. So I'm doing like a billion things is what the answer is. But... (laughs) The other thing, we're trying out... Um, this is maybe a secret, too. <laughs> I'll just say it. Okay, so we're doing trivia. We're going to try a trivia night. I think you already talked about Baba. trivia on the podcast. Did you not? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> How do you balance yeah. all of these things that you do? Uh, calendar is like the only way I can stay organized. My time, I'm just literally like, what's my time look like? What, how much time do I have? So like for afternoons where I have a couple hours free, like in a row, I'm like, cool. Like which one of my tasks would be done in a couple hours? I can just do it now. So I just like slot things in as they make sense. 
um, which makes for a very busy calendar. <laughs> but that's okay, because what else are we going to do? <laughs> do you, you know? have like a specific manager of tasks or is it like in your head or in your inbox or? Trello. I have a Jackie's to do. Nice. So I've had like, so whenever something comes up, I immediately make a card for it and throw it into like a, into like a list. Cool. And that's just so I don't forget it. And then from there, yeah, just use my calendar for like days where there was like a week where I had a lot of um, unstructured time. So I just went in and I like, I just blocked out. I kept it as free in case someone had my calendar link and they wanted to schedule some time to chat. Mm -hmm. So I didn't make it. I didn't, I didn't make myself busy during these these like groups of times, but I just kind of wrote out like, okay, you're focusing on this for this hour or two. And that, oh my God, it helps so much yeah. to just like assign what you're doing. Yeah. Come a long way, Kyle, since our one-on-ones in the beginning. Oh my God. I remember the first, one of the first things I asked you was like, how do you manage your time? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't know yet. I'm still learning, like cool. I feel like time management is one of those things that you're constant learning. Yeah. It's something that's very personal too, like yes. time and task management, whatever works for you. Knowing the conditions that you need to like be able to write for a couple of hours or like knowing when to take a break. Yeah. That's something I've, I'm always kind of bad at, especially when I'm working remotely. I'm just way more focused. So I have less distraction. So it's way easier to not take breaks. Um, I've been trying to get better at, at finding little, I guess I got to schedule them in, honestly, <laughs> into the calendar. <laughs> the calendar. There you go. Five minute break. Yeah. I love calendars. They're so helpful. My goodness. Yeah. What do you, how do you schedule your time? Do you have a new method these days? No, I don't think so. A lot of my time now is more unstructured because I'm on project. So I don't yep. have as many meetings throughout the day. And so one of the things that I've been doing recently just to one communicate to the team, but also for myself has been at the beginning of the day to give sort of like what I intend my day to look like. And so it'll yeah. have, I'll have a few meetings typically scattered throughout the day. And then I'll write down sort of like the tasks that I expect myself to complete by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Not nearly as structured as, as it had to be in the past where I was doing what you're doing, which is like blocking yeah. off pieces of time. That's really helpful because it gives you time boxes, but haven't needed to do that, thankfully. Cool. So I'll, I'll just write out a bunch of tasks, whether it's uh, focusing in on client work or focusing in on thought about work, what I hope to get done that day. And sometimes mm -hmm. I underestimate and sometimes I overestimate. And so when I get mm -hmm. to the end of the list, I'm like, oh, nice. I feel really accomplished. And then I figure out what else is next. And then there's days like honestly today i've had to sort of readjust my expectations for what i'm going to be able to do just because of getting pulled into other other directions and having other mm. priorities so i think some of it is like oh well i could do this call that is like unblocking a developer from a task that i need to do or i could continue working on this task that isn't nearly as high priority and so uh, mm -hmm. i'm going to, to help unblock the developer yeah that feels like it's a good feeling too yeah and i've just been writing these down in like a markdown editor at the beginning of the day and i keep it up all day mm -hmm. so i have like something to refer back to mm -hmm. and so it's nice to like just virtually cross them off tick them box 
And then re- like realizing you did something that wasn't in the list and obviously writing it down yeah. to check it off. Yeah. Right. That's good. I like that. I like having goals for the day. That's always very helpful. The intention is to do it the day before. So like line up your next day's work. Mm. I just find that by the end of the day for me, I don't have deciding power. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like I'll figure it out first thing in the morning. I sort of like a, yeah. I'll clear out my inbox and write down my list of things to do for the day. And it's sort of like meditative morning to like figure that out and then start working on things. And I probably lose some of my most productive time, which is the early morning, but mm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's like, eh, okay. Yeah. I like to do that in the morning too. It feels good. It's even better if I can do it the day before sometimes. Like, as mm-hmm. you said, it's nice to just wake up and know what, you, what you're going to be doing. So that's always really nice. Yeah. Shall we do a good, the bad, and the ugly real quick? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> the good. The bad. And the ugly. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. How about jean jackets? Jean jackets. Tom has a new jean jacket that he is decorating with a bunch of uh, fun uh, flair. Oh, wow. So, He's like going all in 90s style or 80s style? Oh, he. Or I asked him both. what the wash was. He said it was like a light blue. Oh. So so what's what's so good about jean jackets? I mean, they're good for the uh, the transitions, the season transitions, of course. Yeah. And you can add, you can add, you can customize. Them, I feel like as know? someone who's never owned a jean jacket, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be participate in this. The bad thing is that Kyle doesn't have one. Clearly, I'm not cool enough to have one. Right. So I guess the bad thing is that there's a coolness factor, yeah. which I really don't think there is, but I appreciate your input, user. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, have you heard my theory on glasses on designers? No. So watch it. I'm wearing glasses, but that's because I can't see anything. <laughs> I'm not. I'm wearing contacts today, which totally ruins. So my my theory as a designer is the more designery designer yeah. wisdom you get, the rounder your glasses get. Oh, interesting. I like that. So if you think about like famous designers, all of their glasses are circles. Interesting. Mine have gotten rounder over the years. That's also following up, trying to keep up with the style the trends. The style trends. So that's my theory. And I've been trying to earn my my round glasses yeah. since I formed that theory. I've derailed the good and the bad and the ugly. <laughs> well, the ugly thing about denim jackets. Well, the ugly <laughs> thing is that they create a lot of tangents. So that's too bad. The ugly but thing I agree with the can glasses be thing. like, some people can't just do the jean on jean. They like... Ooh. They mix the wrong gene with the wrong gene, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing, please, Tom, oh, my God, please put in the show notes the picture of Brittany and Justin in their denim tuxedos <laughs> and dresses. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. I have worn denim on denim before, but just out of necessity, not out of style. It's probably like laundry day or yeah. something. I mean, that's what most people do. But the wrong shade with the wrong shade is just like... You're throwing shade at the shade, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, pay attention to the shade. Well, if you're curious about anything that we talked about on this podcast episode, you can find show notes at tentative.fm. You can tweet at us at tentative.fm. 
You can email us, hosts, at tentative.fm, and rate us on iTunes. Five stars. <clears throat> anyway, well, enjoy your time away from Tentative, and I will talk to you again soon. <laughs> Uh, I feel like every episode we should end with just like awkward endings instead of like we do Kyle <laughs> that's how they all end it's already it already happens it's already done the, the you can awkward, check that off your list awkward, dude put it on put outro. your thing okay well goodbye <laughs> for real <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner let's make your product and team a success.